Good morning, good morning. Welcome. Welcome to our Sunday morning worship service. Is there anyone here this morning glad to be in the service? Are you really glad? You can do better than that. Has the Lord been good to you this morning? You ought to praise his holy name. He's a good God today. Praise his holy name. Scripture is always in order. We're going to read from Psalms 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to 
his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the, with the timbrel. Praise him with the string instrument and organ. Praise him upon the loud cymbal. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbal. That everything, that everything, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let us praise. Oh, heavenly and precious Father, our maker and our creator. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us through this past week. We're here this morning, oh, Heavenly Father God. We've come through many trials and tribulations across the week. Some of us this morning, Lord, are here with pain. Some of us here facing bills they can't pay. Some are facing family problems. Some are facing many other kinds of problems. But we come this morning, O oh Lord, to lay them at the foot of the cross of your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, Heavenly Father God, we ask that you would bless this service this morning, O oh Lord. Bless everyone who entered this sanctuary. Bless the pastor, Lord, as he brings the word of your word, O oh Heavenly Father God. We pray your blessing upon each person here, O oh Lord. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we leave this place, O oh Lord. Stronger than we came. In your son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And the choir, the musicians in the choir will come. We're glad to be in the service. One more time.
verses 13 through 22. It reads as, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them. They had been with Jesus. Beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against him. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred amongst, among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle had happened, done, <clears throat> had been done by them and manifest to all of them dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us steadily threaten them, and that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right, in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things we have been and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old in whom this miracle was showed. God's word for God's people. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you. God, thank you for this day, a day we have never seen and will never see again. God, we pray right now for all those under the sound of my voice, for whatever their concern is, whatever their need is, whatever their want is. We know you're God who hears and answers prayer. God, right now we pray for peace. We're living in trying times, war around us, war overseas. God, but we know you're a war healer. God, give us peace in this city, this state, and this nation. Let us do our due diligence this coming Tuesday and voice our right, whether who we vote for or not. Go to the polls and give us the strength to, to, to vote however our heart feel. God, we pray right now for every man, woman, boy, and girl within this church and within any church that open its doors in your name. God, we pray right now for the preached word that we're going to hear. We pray that this man speak to us and we take it beyond these four walls to do things we need to do with it. We love you. We honor you. We give you all the praise and glory because we know you hear and answer prayer to your children. This is our prayer. We humbly submit in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, K Chapel. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I don't know about you, but I've been rejoicing since 6 o'clock this morning. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I know there have to be some birthday babies in the house. Ooh, November babies, let me ask you to all stand. All of our November babies. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we're going to sing a song that's just for you right now. Come on, congregation. may you live many more. Um, I heard my brother say that something is happening on Tuesday. Do anybody remember what we got to do on Tuesday? All right, all right, we got to go vote, y'all. Now, that's the last time you're going to hear from me before Tuesday. Uh, but you don't want your grandmama to come visit you, and she's already gone to the great glory. Because too many people have died, y'all, for us not to exercise our rights to vote. All right? Now, in the lobby, when you leave this morning, there, for those of you that did not get ballots last week, there are more ballots. And thanks, Ms. May Jones. I think I saw her. Where's Ms. May Jones? There she is. Diligent in making sure that we get these ballots. There are no names decided, but you can make your choice. But this is an education document with all of those names and all of those positions that you will see on the Harris County ballot. And I saw uh, Mr. Gaines hold up his hand, and he had to have them back there. And if you wanted to make sure, just hold your hand up, and I'm sure the Urshers will get them to you. Now, um, I know, and this is, I love the way this is on here. Mondays can be tough. A few of y'all agreed. And because it is, we want to help you. So on Monday morning, every Monday morning, at 6 a.m., you can get on the prayer line. Now, Kay Chapel is providing that for you. Isn't that a, a wonderful uh, service? So remember that. Put that in your new phone or your old phone that's got a new time on it. Did anybody have any problems waking up this morning on the new time? All right. Um, there is time still for you to support the Sunday School Outreach Ministry work for Thanksgiving not much time and so if you don't have canned goods um, I, I don't know if there are envelopes in the in the uh, seats but if you need an envelope this morning please ask for an envelope envelope and put your special donation for the Thanksgiving baskets we want to do 25 baskets for Walton elementary school and families in the neighborhood and if that doesn't work and you got canned goods or other items you want to bring in the small fellowship hall there are boxes there for you to put those items now the last way you can give when you do your online giving this morning you can designate 
Thanksgiving campaign. All right, amen, I got one amen. Amen, all right, thank you. Um, I hear that there is a special celebration of 57 years. That's a long time. To be married to one person. Come on now, y'all, y'all. Some of y'all trying to get there. So let me tell you who those wonderful people are. Sam and Mrs. Thornton, is she here this morning? 57 years today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, um, there is a new wellness program. You've been hearing about it. You saw an announcement last week. It's on our website. There it is. Isn't that a wonderful flyer? I was reminded this morning that we don't want you to not participate because your health is challenging you. So if you can't stand up through all, all of the exercises, I've been told that they have chair exercises. Amen? So we want you to come out and uh, be a part of the kick out on November the 6th and go to the website and I think you can go ahead and register now with the website. Amen. Now, the Women's Missionary Society will be hosting a brunch and paint party. That's new. On Saturday, December 2nd, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Family Center. The cost is $40 a person. It includes the lunch, the brunch, and the paint supplies. You can sign up online again by November, is that 19th? By November 19th. This morning we have uh, one political person with us, Mr. Larry Bradford, Democratic candidate for state auditor. Uh, is he with us this morning? He's not here. All right, thank you. And these are our emphasis for this morning. Praise God. Good morning, K Chapel. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Boy, that, that one hour of sleep so make y'all look energetic this morning. I know you ready. Only God can turn back the hands of time, okay? <laughs> hey, I believe that's a preach right there, won't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's tithes and offering times. This is the time where we all get the opportunity now to bless the Lord through our giving. We do understand that to fully worship the Lord does include our offering, which are given primarily for three reasons here at K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. The first reason why we give is to demonstrate our obedience to God's word. The second reason why we give is simply because to as a sign of giving thanksgiving for, for God providing all our needs. And the third reason why we give here at K Chapel, Missionary Baptist Church, is simply because we just want to see the kingdom of God grow through the mission and ministries that occur here, throughout our city, our state, our nation, and even around the world through K Chapel. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can give by using the traditional envelope system. 
You can mail that in or you can drop it off by the office. Or you also can use the K-Temple app. Now, for those of you that are with us by way of live stream, you too can bless the Lord through your giving by utilizing the number that's on your screen. Now, to our visitors today, we don't want to miss you. We don't want you to miss your blessing. We just want to remind you that the baskets will be at the altar, at, out the door when you're on the way out to exit the, the sanctuary where you can drop off your offering and bless the Lord through your giving. Amen. That is, if you have not given any other way or considered the ways that have already been mentioned. Amen? Amen? So, how much you give and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so without grudgingly or of necessity. For our God loves a cheerful giver. God bless you.
Yeah, I've been changed. Oh, I've been changed. I've been changed. I've been changed. You've been changed. Not too long ago, God changed my life. The places I used to go, I don't go no more. And the things I used to do, I don't go no more. And you ought to just clap your hands. Have them a little bit louder. I've been watched, I've been watched. Anybody, you've been watched. I've been watching the blood of lamb. I didn't deal with the Holy Ghost. I've been saved, I've been saved. I have you, you've been saved. Anybody, you've been saved. Anybody, you've been saved. I've been changed, I've been changed. Anybody, you've been changed. Anybody, you've been changed. I've been changed, I've been changed. I've been watching, I've been watching. I've been watching the blood of lamb. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been changed, I've been changed. I've been saved, I've been saved. I have you, you've been saved. I've been saved, I've been saved, I've been saved, I've been saved, and I'm stronger than I've ever been. You see, I'm stronger than I've ever been. You know that Satan thought he had me, now I know I win, and I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'll stand, please. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this offering that was collected. We thank you for those that were sent in, mailed in, and pledged online. We pray for all those that gave, all those that had a desire to give, for whatever reason couldn't. Continue to bless. Let this offering be used to uplift and continue to build your kingdom. We humbly submit this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, K Chapel. First John, the third chapter, verse 17, you will find these words recorded. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? We ask that you continue to pray for all of our bereaved families we ask that you pray for the Green Coleman family, the Williams and Grant family, and also the Martin family. Sister Ella Martin lost her brother-in-law, Mr. Charlie Phillips. The funeral for Mr. Phillips will be held on Monday, November 13th in Flint, Flint Michigan. So we ask that you continue to lift up his wife, Ms. Dolores Phillips, in prayer because she is on our prayer list. The funeral for Miss Katie Williams Grant, the sister of Sister Glenda Wright, will be held on Saturday, November 11th in Chicago, Illinois. Sister Ter Teresa Green lost her sister, Miss Ernestine Colvin. The funeral for Miss Colvin will be held on Tuesday, November 7th 
at St. James Missionary Baptist Church at 11 a.m. here in Jackson. We have in the hospital, nursing home, or in rehab, Brother Glenn Barnes and Brother Al Levy. Now on tomorrow, Sister Anita Shaw will be having surgery uh, at the St. Dominic Hospital, so she's asking for your prayers. We have recovering at home, Sister Deborah Franklin, Sister Dorothy Jones, Brother Herman Porter, Miss Rosemary Stuckey, Reverend Leroy Harrington, Mr. Melvin Scott, Brother John Sanders, Brother Kavara Collins, and Brother Aaron Thompson, Jr. We ask that you keep the Dampier family in your prayers. Brother Earl Dampier was in the hospital on last week, but he's now home. We also have asking for prayer, Sister Annie Bailey, Brother Ricky Bailey, Brother Lawrence Lewis, and Sister Lily Luckett, and the senior board, usher board, is asking for prayer for Brother Willie Lindsay. Those related to church members that are asking for prayer are Mr. Lewis Barnes, the brother of Sister Stacy Collins, Miss Adrena Jeter, Miss Lavincia Clark, Miss Mackenzie Emil Nathan, brother Mr. Leonis Barner, Mr. Keith Farger, Miss Dolores Phillips, Mr. Larry Milton, and Miss Demetrius Wallace. So as you travel during the week, we ask that you pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day thank God that you can. Let us pray. Most gracious Father, we come now thanking you for this day, a day that has never been before and when it is spent will never be again. So we ask, oh Lord, that you just wrap your loving arms around all those that are ill. We ask, oh Lord, that you will comfort them at this time. No matter what their situation is, no matter their circumstances, Lord, we just wanted to say thank you and ask that you would comfort them at this time. Bless us now as we travel during the week that we may be able to minister to all those that are ill, including those on the long-term list. Bless us now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So good to see each of you, my father's children. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we do rejoice. We do rejoice. We are exceedingly glad. You know, it. there's so much going on in our world and our nation. We have elections coming up this week. Across these, there's a war going on. It seems like there's one thing after another, whether it's shootings over here or things over there that call our attention. And then there's that 24-hour news cycle that we just kind of get caught up in. And if we're honest, it can just be hard sometimes to just catch our breath. It seems like it's one crisis after another. We're always busy trying to get to the next thing. 
not even sure what the next thing is. But we're always moving and we're always on on and we never pause. I want to give you a gift this morning. I want to give you the gift of catching your breath. I'm going to give you the gift of pausing and, and letting God speak to you. Because oftentimes when we come to worship service, we want to make sure that God hears from us. But I believe more than God hearing from us that we ought to hear from God. We can't do that if we're always wondering and ready to get to the next thing. So, I want us to just pause this morning because the Bible tells us that God oftentimes comes in still small voices, not in the earthquake, not in the wind, but in the still small voice. So if you will, close your eyes with me for just a moment and while your eyes are closed, I want you to open your spirit and open your heart. Open your mind to hearing what God would have you to know in this worship experience. Because I believe that somebody here came to meet with the Lord. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and then I'll just ask for a moment of just complete silence. The writer in the book of Hebrews says this, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. For there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. God said to you just then, but I pray that you receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.
just what we need the Lord to speak the Lord to speak speak to our hearts for we your servants are listening Lord amen 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 my God what an awesome God we serve amen join me in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. I'm trying not to hold you too long, but I can't promise you that. Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse number 13. There you'll find these words recorded. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. They called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which have been seen and heard. But when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. <clears throat> all of us, all of us have a story to tell. All of us have a testimony that we can share. All of us have a witness that we can give to the world and those in our sphere of influence. And I simply want to challenge you this morning that when you are given the opportunity to share your story, to share your testimony, to witness to the world, I want to encourage you to say it with your chest. Now, some of you are looking at me and saying, Reverend, what are you talking about? Say it with your chest. I, I was just like you a few years ago. I had only heard this phrase just a few years ago when I think it was Kevin Hart, uh, comedian Kevin Hart, who in one of his stand-up routines was talking about his uncle. His uncle was uh, in prison for about 15 years. And when his uncle got out of prison, he had all of the uh, language of prison still in him. And oftentimes, when they would get together, his uncle would speak in prison talk. And nobody knew what he was talking about. One of the things that his uncle would say to Kevin was, Kevin, say it with your chest. And Kevin was wondering, what does it mean? And the more he stayed with his uncle, he came to realize that say it with your chest means speak with authority. 
Say it with your chest means speak with some confidence. Say it with your chest means that what you got to say, say it with some meaning, with some passion, so that the people who hear you believe that you believe what you're talking about. Say it with your chest. Wish I had a witness in here. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. And I think, I think that we would do well today as believers who declare our faith in God, the God of all creation. And as we talk about this God who can do all things, this God who has all power, this God who never fails, that our conversations and our declarations ought to have in them the kind of assurance and the kind of confidence that when we say what we say about this great God, that we would say it with our chest. I mean, if you know what you know about God, if you know what you know about who he is and what he can do, if you know what you know about his faithfulness, if you know what you know about his grace and his mercy, if you know what you know about his goodness, then you ought to be able to talk about him with some confidence and with some assurance and with some know it for yourselfness and can say it with Y'all going to make me preach harder than I want to this morning. You ought to say it with your chest. Say it with certainty. Say it with confidence. Say it with the confidence that accompanies what you're talking about. That's what we see in today's text. Peter and John have been in jail. Not for a long period, just overnight, in fact. Just, just put in jail overnight. They, they have been in overnight prison because of what had happened in chapter number 3. You remember chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way to temple together. Lame man is laying by the outside gate begging for arms, begging for a spare change. The Bible says that this man had been lame since he was born. He, he came into the world lame, and, and people would bring this man to the temple called Beautiful, the gate called Beautiful, and lay him there before the temple so that as passers-by walked by, this man would jiggle his coin cup and ask for some spare change. You know the man I'm talking about. You spare change. Can you help a brother out? I'm, I'm homeless. I'm hungry. Can you help a brother out? Help me with some things. Spare change, anyone? And there this man is asking for arms. Peter and John walks by. He jingles his cup, asks for spare change. And Peter looks at him and says, I ain't got no money. I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. But what I do have, wish I had a witness in here. He said, what I do have, I give to thee in the name of Christ Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up, wish I had some Bible readers in here, and walk. Peter grabbed the man by his right hand and lifted him up. And the Bible says that strength entered this man's ankles. And he went leaping and stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. He was a lame man who got up and walked with Peter, walking and leaping and praising God. This man could not walk the whole rest of his life. But now he's walking and leaping and praising God. He wanted arms, but... Peter said, I don't have arms, but I can give you some legs. I can give you some strength. I can give you what you need to get up out of the situation that you're in. Don't you know that God has more than what you're asking for? The things that you want, God can do immeasurably more than you ask, think, or imagine according to the power that's working within you. He went walking and leaping and praising God into the temple. 
It says, it says that they knew who this man was. He, he was the same man who had been before the temple, the, the, the gate called Beautiful Temple, and they were filled, it says, with wonder and amazement with what happened unto him. People saw this man. They knew who he was. This is the same man that we've been bringing here for 40 years, except he's a different man. He's not laying down now. He's walking. He, he's not begging now. He's shouting. He, he's not asking for somebody to help him. He's giving God glory and praise and honor. They were filled, the text says, with amazement. And when Peter saw their amazement and that the people were looking at him and John, Peter goes to preaching Jesus. Peter says, no, don't look at us. Don't look at John. Don't look at me. He says, what, what, what are you looking at us for? The, the, the way that this man is able to walk, look at what he says in verse 13. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate. Verse 16, and his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Peter is quick to give credit to Jesus. Listen, listen, listen to Peter. He says, no, it's not me, it's not John, it's Jesus. And watch what he says. The one you crucified. That Jesus, the, the, the one who you counted out. That Jesus, the one who you said was not the son of God. That Jesus, it's by that Jesus that this man is able, oh shucks, to walk again. Listen to the boldness of Jesus as he clarifies and makes sure that they know who he's talking about. He says, Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, the holy one, the just one, the one that you murdered to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are his witnesses. That Jesus... Now, the reason, Reverend Farrar, the reason, Reverend Farrar, that's so important is because, remember, this is the same Peter who cowered during the crucifixion of Jesus. This is the same Peter who, when they said, you were with him, he said, I don't know who you're talking about. He didn't say it quite like that. That's the clean version. He, 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 he used some choice words. He, he said, I don't know the man. I wasn't with the man. You got the wrong man. But that's the clean version. And, and, and Peter, Peter, Peter distanced himself from Jesus. But now he's saying, I know the man. And I'm going to say it with my chest who this man is and what this man has done and what he means in my life. I was a coward, but now I'm courageous. I did deny him, but now I'm standing with him. I, I ran away, but now I'm standing strong and I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm going to say it with my chest. I know the man. I know him. I love him. I preach him. And by him and his power, Peter says, this lame man is walking right now. 
beloved, beloved, beloved. As believers, we are to have a certain amount of boldness in our witness. Not in the way, not in the way of being disrespectful to people. Not, not, not being rude or condescending or, or inconsiderate of others. No, we have not been called to be hurtful and combative and, and tear people and their faith down. But we have been called to share our faith. We have been called to testify to our hope and to be confident in doing so. Paul writes in Romans 1 and 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of my faith. I'm not ashamed of my belief. I'm not ashamed of my God. I'm not ashamed. And I wonder, I wonder if the reason that so many of us don't say what we believe or stand on what we believe with boldness and with certainty is because deep down, Perhaps there's a little bit of some shame. And if not shame, certainly fear. I'm ashamed or I'm afraid of what they will think about me if I tell them that I'm sold out for Jesus. I'm ashamed or... I'm afraid of what the repercussions would be if they know that I really believe that there is a God in heaven. I'm, I'm ashamed or I'm afraid if my friends really know that I take this church thing seriously. And it's not just about a religious thing, but it's about a relationship that I have with the God of all creation. I'm afraid or I'm ashamed of, of what my inner circles and my friends would really think about me at work if I really pray openly before I, I eat my lunch. I'm afraid or I'm ashamed. Afraid of how they treat, would treat me if they knew if I believe, that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Let me encourage you this morning. Listen to me good. I'm going to say this once, maybe twice. Most people are looking for what you already have. I'm going to say it again because somebody in the back didn't get it. Most people are looking for what you already have in Christ Jesus. People are looking for hope. And you already got it. People are looking for peace. Be able to go to bed and, and have a, a, a day that, that they didn't plan on but still be able to sleep at night. How, how can you rest when you had the kind of day that you had because he gives me a peace that passes? All understanding. How, how dare you be ashamed to share what Jesus gave you when most of the world is looking for what you already got?
You've got joy that the world doesn't have. You've got assurance that the world doesn't have. You've got the ability to look at difficult situations and say that all things are working together for good to them who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. You have the ability to walk through tragic circumstances and declare it is well with my soul. You have the ability to go through questionable situations and say my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. The world wants what you got. No need of you being ashamed of it. People are looking for what you already have in Christ Jesus. So stop being ashamed of your faith and scared of how people will re respond to you sharing what you believe about Jesus Christ and just say it with your chest. I'm a believer. I've been baptized. I've been washed in the blood. Say it with your chest. I've been born again. I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. I'm saved, set free, and delivered. Say it with your chest. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. Say it with your chest. I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me. I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I don't always do right by him, but he always does right by me. Say it with your chest. I'm growing in grace and walking in his love. Jesus died for my sins and the sins of the world. Say it with your chest. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God but if you confess your sins he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Say it. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Peter and John are put into overnight jail because they preached Jesus boldly. And when morning comes, the high priests, temple leaders, and Sadducees brought them out and sit them in the midst and asked them, by what power, by what name have you done this? Why do they ask that? Why did they raise that question? All the questions you could have raised. Why that one? Because that's really the wrong question to put before Peter. All Peter wants is another open door where he could say it again. I wish I had a witness in here. Look at Peter's response in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given unto man, whereby we must be saved. That's the wrong question I asked Peter. Peter said, if you open that door, I'm going to walk right through it. 
And I'm going to tell you about my Jesus. I'm going to tell you about the one who saved me and the one who will save you. I'm going to tell you about the one when I messed up, he still didn't give up on me because he told the disciples, go get Mary and the disciples, the disciples and Peter and bring them here. I can tell you my story. I can tell you my testimony. I can tell you my witness of what he did in my life. And that's what leads up to our text. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, watch this, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. I got three quick things, and I'm done. Here it is. When you say it with your chest, when you share your story with boldness and with confidence and with assurance, here it is. Number one, put your hope in Christ alone. Put your hope in Christ alone. Verse 13 says, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Watch this, y'all. When Jesus chose the 12 disciples, he didn't go to the university. When he chose his 12, he, he didn't stop by the seminary. When he chose his 12, he went to the fish boat. Not... not not that other boat. He went to the fish boat. Somebody going to get it later. When he chose his 12, he went to the tax booth. What, what, what are you saying, preacher? I, I'm saying that Jesus picked common people who had questionable pasts and character flaws. They were not from the upper echelons of society. They did not represent aristocracy of any kind. They were common people who lived common lives, and yet in them and through them and with them, Jesus did uncommon, extraordinary things because their hope, watch this, was not in their professions. Their hope was not in their education, but their hope was in the Christ who called them. Ah. When Caiaphas and Annas and Alexander and all of the religious hierarchy bring Peter and John before them to interrogate them, the conclusion that they reached was simple. These men have been with Jesus. They didn't have any degrees, but they had been with Jesus. They hadn't been to seminary, but they had been with Jesus. They didn't have the backing of the religious leaders, but they had been with Jesus. They were unlearned and ignorant men, but they could not deny that they had been with Jesus. And the point is this, the point is this. When you are sharing your faith story, when you are witnessing of who the Lord is, you don't have to have a whole lot of letters behind your name to do it. You don't have to have a whole lot of letters and training behind you in order to tell the world what God did for you. I wish I had a witness in here. A little education might help your subjects and verbs agree a little bit better, but after that, you can still talk about the goodness of the Lord. 
how the Lord brought you out of this and how the Lord took you out of that. Can't nobody tell your story like you can tell your story. You know you've been lost. You know you've been in darkness. You know you've been in sin, but the Lord brought you out of all of that, gave you a new life, gave you a new chance. Some of you, the Lord got you off of drugs. Some of you, the Lord stopped your addiction. Some of you, the Lord delivered you from a bad relationship. Some of you, the Lord lifted you out, out of your self-image, bad self-image and negative thinking and all the things that were destructive in your life. Some of you, the Lord got you out of your depressive state, out of your anxiety, out of your panic attacks. Some of you, the Lord brought you from this to that and get you. And you ought to be able to tell somebody without a degree, without any letters, without anything else, God has been good to me. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for God opening these doors, I would have lost my mind a long time ago had it not been for the Lord. And when you're talking like that, you need to say it with your chest. <sighs> When you talk like that, people will leave that experience knowing that if you hadn't done anything else or been anywhere else, you show been with the Lord. And the Lord has been with you. I like how Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 2 and 1. He says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Paul says, I didn't have I, now I had training because remember Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisee but he says I didn't come to you like that I could have put my credentials in front of you but I didn't rely on my credentials I relied on my relationship with Jesus I relied on what the Lord had done in my life the reason Paul said I could come to you like that is because I know that I was the least of the apostles I know that before I was Paul I was Saul I know that before I was a preacher I was a persecutor I know that before I was a missionary I was a murderer. I know that I was on my way to hell, but the Lord rescued me and interrupted me one day on that Damascus road. So I didn't come to you with my excellent speech and my oratory. I didn't come to you on my upper horse and, and looking my nose down on you, but I came to you just with my story. I came to you and I told you with my chest. I told you what the Lord did in my life. <sighs> All I'm saying is this, you don't have to be a theologian to speak truth. Put your hope in the Christ of your truth and speak the truth of your experience with God. The truth of your walk with the master. The truth of how he has moved in your life and mountains he has moved out of your life. Number two, number two. When you say it with your chest, number two, point to the evidence. Verse 14, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. They want it. 
They wanted to discredit Peter and John. But at some point, you ought to stop talking and just start pointing. At some point, when folk press you and push you and, and try to have a theological debate with you, at some point, you ought to be able to stop talking and just start pointing at the evidence. Because you can debate with me all day long. But what about this man that you know was lame and now is leaping? What about this man that you know was laid out but now is standing straight? What about this man? I wish y'all would come on and go with me. Yeah, yeah, there ought to be, there ought to be in all of our lives a body of evidence. When you say it with your chest, sometimes you don't even have to say anything because the evidence will speak for itself. <laughs> my God, my God. I've learned that sometimes my greatest testimony. Austin is not in what I say, but it's what I can point to. I can point to some stuff that folk can't explain away. I can point to some situations that folk can't put their minds around and make their logic answer. I, I can point to my wife. I can point to her and talk, and I ain't got to say nothing. They, they, they can look at it and say, yeah, I, I remember the story. I remember. What, what do you point at her? Because she had a tumor. I'm sorry for telling your story, baby. That's your story. But, but it's mine, too, because we won. And every now and then, when folk have to ask me, is the Lord real? I don't have to say anything. I can just point. Point to what the Lord has done. Point to where God has moved. Point to whom the Lord has healed. Point to the doors that God has opened. And, and I can say without saying a thing, if it had not been for the Lord. I ain't got to open my mouth. I can just point it out. And, and You ought to have your own stories that you can just point to. You ought to have some people in your life that you know that the Lord lifted up and, and you ain't got to tell this story. Just say, check them out. Talk with them. Have a little conversation. They'll tell you. Point to the evidence. Lastly, I'm through. I'm done. Lastly, I'm through. Trust God <laughs> with the results. Trust God with the results. I'm convinced of this, Carol. Sometimes, sometimes I, I believe we don't tell our stories because we're trying to figure out if it's going to be effective and impactful. We're trying to figure out if it's going to move people and if it's going to reach people's hearts. And so rather than tell it, we keep it. But I need you to hear me and hear me well. Leave the results. 
Leave the results to God. The religious leaders determined to threaten Peter and John and try to convince them to hush with their preaching. Stop calling on that name. Stop talking about Jesus. Stop lifting up his gospel. Ah, I believe if they were here today, they would say to the choir, stop singing those songs. Deacon, stop praying those prayers. Mother, stop lining your hymns and stop doing all of those things that testify to the name of Jesus. John and Peter say in verse 19, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, more unto God, you be the judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In essence, they say to the religious leaders, whether we should listen to you or listen to God, you judge. They say, but we know what we're going to do. In fact, if the Lord has been on your side, they say, you ought to tell what you know. They say, for we can only speak the things that we have seen and heard. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to shout right there. They say, all we can do is tell you what we've seen and what we've heard. Now watch this, because they are not saying that they heard it through somebody else. They're talking about their own personal. I'm trying not to shout right here. Their own personal walk with the Lord. They say all we can do is tell you what we saw and what we heard. While we walked with him, we were with him when he turned water into wine. We were with him. When he opened blinded eyes, we were with him. When he walked on the water, we were with him. When he spoke to the winds and the waves and said, peace, be still. We were with him. When he took a lad's lunch and fed the multitude, we were with him. When a woman with an issue of blood was healed that day. We were with him. When he raised Lazarus from the dead. Do I have a witness here? We were with him. When he healed Jairus' daughter. Good God Almighty. We were with him. When they tore the roof off the house. And lowered the man down. And Jesus healed the man because of their faith. Do I have a witness here? 
we were with him yeah when he went on the mount of transfiguration and he shined in his Shekinah glory do I have a witness here we were with him good God almighty so we're not telling you from the third person we're not telling you what somebody told us but we're telling you what we saw and what we heard for ourselves is there anybody here that can testify today I've been with him and I know some things for myself I'm not relying on the word of others I'm not relying on the testimony of my sister I'm not relying on the story of my daddy but I've been with him I've been walking with him I've been talking with him is there anybody in here that can testify today I know him I know him I know him for myself say yes say yes oh yeah and say we're gonna tell the story we're just gonna tell the story and whatever happens happens however God decides to use my story I'm gonna tell my story whoever the Lord decides to touch their heart from my story I'm gonna tell my story whoever the Lord decides to bring into the family because of my story I'm gonna tell my story the devil can't stop me hell can't keep it I'm gonna tell my story Here it is. Here it is, y'all. Say it with your chest. Because you don't ever know how the Lord will use your experience. Say it with your chest. You don't know who God will touch because you dare to open your mouth. Say it with your chest. Because you already got what they're looking for. Say it with your chest. I'm a living testimony. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If it had not been for the Lord, say it with your chest. I could have been dead and gone. The Lord healed my body. The Lord made me whole. Say it with your chest. God's been good to me. God's opened doors for me. I am where I am because of the goodness of the Lord. Say it with your chest. The Lord keeps on blessing me. The Lord keeps opening doors for me. The Lord picked me up and turned me around. Say it with your chest. Here's what I want you to do. This week, 
Listen to me. Listen to me. This week, the Holy Spirit is going to open a door for you to tell your story. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and up until now, you've been hesitant about stepping into that space. This week, when the door is open, say it with your chest. be ashamed. Leave the results to the Lord. You just tell your story. There may be somebody here this morning who needs a particular chapter of your story to be written today. Because you've got, you've got the first 10 chapters down. But you need a new chapter of where life begins, of where the turn happens, of where the change takes place. It's been a rough and interesting 10 chapters, but now there's a new chapter ready to be written. And that can start right now by you accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whether you're here in person or whether you're online, this is your moment. This is your opportunity to come through that open door who is Jesus Christ. He is the open door. And he opens these doors to his church right now. And you can come. If you're here this morning, everyone, won't you stand to your feet? If you're here this morning, wherever you are, whoever you are, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the first invitation is for you to come to get to know Jesus. Make Jesus Lord. Make Jesus Lord. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and you've not given your life to Christ, you've not opened your heart and said, yes, I want Jesus to save me. Yes, I want Jesus to save me. If you're here this morning, you're ready for that. Come around. Come now. Come now. Come right now. Right now. Don't worry about anybody else. This is between you and God only. Come right now. Don't delay. Come now, 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 come now. If you're coming in need of prayer, if you're coming in need of prayer, preachers and ministers are here. They're ready to pray for you and pray with you. There are all kinds of needs in this church right now. Here's the good news. You don't have to go through anything by yourself. You don't have to go through any situation by yourself. If you've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home, it's not by accident that the Lord brought you here. 
it's not by coincidence that the Lord brought you on this Sunday. You, you've, been, you've been hesitant and apprehensive and pensive and shy and ashamed of telling your story. It's not by accident that the Lord would have you come here this morning. And if this place is a place of feeding, if this is a place of nurture for you, if this is a place that gives you the food, the spiritual food that you need, you come on right now. Come on right now and make this home. Make it formal. Make it home. Make it home. Make it home, wherever you are, whoever you are. Come right now. Come right now. God bless you. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. The Lord God kept me. Yes, Lord. Can you say that with us? He kept me. He kept me. God kept me. God kept me. Is that your story? He kept me. He kept me. Can you say God kept me? God kept me. That, that's enough right there. He kept me. I wonder if I got two or three witnesses in here. God kept me. Can anybody testify? Is that your story? He kept me. God kept me. God kept me. I'd be dead and gone except He. He kept me. I'm so glad about it. God kept me. Oh, He kept me. He kept me. God kept me. God kept me. One more time. He kept me. He kept me. He kept me. So, so I wouldn't, so I wouldn't let go. have a testimony from my brother. If y'all just allow me a little bit of your time. <laughs> but um, I'm going to tell you about the miracle that God performed in my life. You know about drugs took 10 years of my life. And I was wandering around here just not knowing from day to day. But I had a praying family and I had a praying church family. You see, I've been at this church all of my life since I was a little baby. I was on that second row right there, you know. I, I remember when you used to take a nap and then I remember when you couldn't nap anymore. You had to listen to what was going on. But the miracle in my life was that the 10 years I was out there, I wasn't on solid ground. I was on shaky ground, almost like quicksand. But God saw fit. He saw something in me. And he was watching over me when I wasn't watching over myself. You know, he was watching over me when I wasn't thinking about my own life, what my family thought. But I knew who I was because I was bought up right there on that second row. And I had something in me that a lot of people don't have in them. And I'm thinking that's the reason why 
a lot of things are going on in the world today because they don't have anything in them. And I, my, I had great parents. They didn't deserve that. But it was part of my life and what I had to go through. But they was there for me. But I want to say the last night that I was out there in those streets, something was happening. There was a change coming over me. Nothing was the same that it had been that night. So I got up from the place I was at. I walked up to the payphone, called Reverend Buckley's parents. It was Woman's Day. It was 1995, and it was Woman's Day. Reverend Buckley had left the house, but Miss Buckley answered the phone. And they, I grew up in the church, so they was well aware of me. I had been over the house doing a little work here and there for them. And uh, she said, Keith, if you need me to pick you up, I'll come get you. And I said, no, ma'am, Miss Buckley, I think I can make it to church today. She said, well, you make it today. You come today, please. So, uh, and I went to a pay phone, and I don't, I don't even think I had any money in my pocket. I don't even know how I made the call. You know, that's one thing right there. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I made it to church that day. And I was sitting back there at the very back, and, and it was a Woman's Day program. She wasn't on the program, but she got up and she came to the microphone. She said, you know, a young man called me this morning, and I'm not going to call his name, but a young man called me this morning. And uh, he told me about his situation, and I just want to let him know that his church family, my family was here, that we, we love you, and we're here for you. And that's what she said at the microphone. Then she said, well, look, this young man is here today. I would love for him to come up. And I sit back there, I keep tears falling down my face. And I said, no, I can't get up and go up there. But then I said, at the same time, I knew that it was a change coming over me. Now, I, and I had a young daughter that, that I loved. And I ended up getting custody of when she was seven. But I knew she needed me and my son, and I knew I was better than where I was. But that night, the difference in less than 24 hours, my life was changed. It was, it was changed. I'm, I'm telling you that um, that night, he picked me up and placed my feet on solid ground. He did that. Because that Sunday I left, when I left this church that Sunday, my life was completely changed. What I struggled to do for two and a half, three years to break, he did it overnight. In less than 24 hours. And when I came and stood right here, Mr. Thickpen and Mr. Bridgman came up and stood behind me. I knew I was at home. You know, I was home. This is home. So I just want to let you know, if you got family members, children, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. That's Thank you.
I just want y'all to keep my father in prayer. Me and my family, we need it. We need it. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give him another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. That's how you say it with your chest. Watch this. You ain't got to be loud to say it with your chest. Just say it. Yeah, yeah it, it'll go where it needs to go. It'll touch who it needs to touch. And it'll be received where it needs to be received. Amen? Amen. God bless you. We're standing for the benediction. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness, for your tender mercies. We bless you for your faithfulness. You are so good. God, we pray now as we go from this place that we would be so emboldened with such passion and zeal and fervency to share who you are and what you've done in our lives. God, let us be spiritually sensitive so that when the door is open to us, that we will go boldly in and say it with our chest. And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.